Hello, my friends. How is everybody doing today? Welcome to podcast number four. This one is called, What Are You Making Things Mean? I have a little bit of a cold, so I apologize for that. Hopefully I can make it through this without any problems. So what are you making things mean? So I watched a movie called Brad's Status, and it got me thinking about how what people make things mean can affect their entire life. So this movie was with Ben Stiller, and he was looking at his life compared to all of his friends' lives. In his mind, they were all successful and had great lives. He was viewing most of their lives through the lens of TV or magazine articles or based on what he had heard about them from others. So it seemed as though they were all very successful and they were on TV or they were showing up at a magazine and he was making their success mean what he wanted it to mean. So, you know, some of the stuff may have been true or it may have been fluffed up a bit. But in any event, he was comparing their success to his life. So during the movie, he seemed like he was negative and depressed about what he didn't have. But his wife was saying the whole time, you know, we have a great life and stop complaining. He saw what his friends did and what they had accomplished rather than looking at what he had in his life. And so he was so busy paying attention to them from afar and making things mean in his mind what he thought they meant that he lost touch with them. He wasn't contacting them and they weren't sure where he was. They were all keeping in touch with each other, though, but not with him as he wasn't putting in the effort. He wasn't reaching out to them in any way because he was feeling resentful and, you know, safe in his space. So when he would hear that they all got together without him, he felt bad and maybe a little mad too. Um, So as I watched this movie, I was going into my coaching brain and thinking he was playing it safe and staying in his safe world by pointing out what he thought they all had and that he didn't have. So doing that actually keeps you stuck right where you are. And it kept him stuck right where he was. He didn't step out of his comfort zone to try to be better. It just felt better to seek out and find evidence that he was never going to amount to anything. Each time he would find out one of them got married or one of them reached a milestone or had a baby and he wasn't included in that information or like there was a wedding and he didn't get invited, he would think, see, I told you. I'm not one of them. They don't respect me. But in reality, he stopped contacting them for his own reasons, and they all lost track of him. So, of course, they didn't invite him to things. Everyone was like, where's Brad? You know, like, I don't know where Brad, what's Brad doing? But then as the movie went on, his son was trying to get into college, and he realized he needed, at one point during their college experience, he needed a connection or someone with some clout to make a phone call on his behalf. So um, he thought, oh gosh, I mean, I could call one of them, but I really don't want to, because he knew deep down inside he didn't keep in touch with them, and now he wants something from them. But he pushed himself after talking to his wife, and she was like, well, doesn't so-and-so, you know, lecture at that college from time to time? 
So um, he was like, yeah, you're right. I know you're right. I'm just, you know, I just really don't want to call him. So he thought about it. And in the end, he pushed himself to reach out to his group of friends that he had, that he had envied and disliked at the same time for help. But when he did that, he found out that they all had kept in touch with each other and he hadn't. So he made that mean that they didn't like him or respect him or want him to be part of the group because he wasn't rich and successful like they were. He was seeing them, you know, on TV, in magazines where they're running on the beach. And one of them was even retired because all the money he had or something. But that, again, was all what he made this mean. Like, he had no idea how this guy got money and why he could retire. But the truth was that he was self-sabotaging himself right out of the group. Can you see how that could happen? I'm sure we've all done this, but, you know, he had himself convinced, and so he spent so much time convincing himself that he wasn't part of the group that eventually he wasn't. But his friend that he reached out to did, in fact, make the phone call to the college and he did get his son an interview with the dean and actually with somebody else I guess the kid was in music and he wanted to meet this music guy so I think the lesson here is that what you make things mean is not always what things really are I mean unless you have the facts and I always say this when you're when you're trying to assess something always write down what are the facts first before you go off on a tangent So unless you have the facts, you can't know what a person is thinking or doing, honestly. And TV, of all things, is the worst. Magazines are the worst. I mean, they're trying to sell, and so they're going to make things seem like they're not. So unless someone tells you directly that they do not like you or do not respect you to your face, then anything you are thinking along those lines are just stories that you're telling yourself, right? I mean, people say that all the time. Well, that's just a story you're telling yourself. And at first, I really didn't know what that meant. But the more I do this work, the more I could see what it means, you know? Like, I think we all do this a lot where we think, oh, I knew it. I knew they thought that about me, you know, because they did something that made you believe that. (laughs) Or I bet he thinks he's better than all of us, you know, based on the fact that he didn't come out with you tonight or she made other plans and so we make this assessment and we tell ourselves the story or I think she just wants attention and that's why she acts that way that's a good one I hear that one a lot from people oh she's acting like that because she just wants attention like how do you know Um, unless you have the facts and it's really important to have the facts because without them it's all just hearsay or third party or a story you're telling yourself I mean, come on, we make ourselves crazy with all this dialogue in our heads to the point where we're sabotaging any chance for growth or moving forward. I mean, I know lots of people who do that. They spend their life trying to prove to people that they were damaged or that they were hurt in some way. And so because they're spending all their time doing that, they're not moving forward with their life and they're not reaching goals that they could reach and they're not you know, being the best that they could be. So the movie was so relevant to what, I, what I've been coaching on lately. He couldn't see how great his life was with what he had, and he didn't realize that he may have been envied by his friends for his stability in his life, 
for having a loving wife and a son and a great family life. But he kept saying how awful all of that was. He could only see what he didn't have and thought he didn't, you know, thought he needed to be quote unquote enough for others. But he met up with this girl, uh, one of the son's friends during this movie and was chatting with her because she looked at him like, wow, tell me all about your nonprofit organization, which is what he had, which seemed like nothing compared to his friends. She looked at him with those wide eyes and, oh my gosh, that's what I want to do with my life. And he proceeded to tell her all the hardcore truths about his job, but he told her everything he didn't like about it. And you could see she was getting less and less interested in him because he was shooting down basically her dream. And at one point she said, you know, you are enough. You have everything that you need. You should stop complaining. And this girl was like in her 20s. And I thought it was so relevant because he was like, you know, a father with a college age student. And anyway, but the people who truly mattered in his life already did think he was enough. His son said it to him a couple times during the movie. The wife kept saying, what's the matter with you? You know, we have everything. And he even said during the movie, she just would be happy with anything. Like he didn't want someone who just was settling for anything. Like everything was good for her. And every food that he made was delicious to her. And like, he just thought that was not enough. So remember, you are enough and you do have a lot to offer the world. Find your purpose, whatever that is, and grow it, right? Like once you have inner joy, the world is at your fingertips. And finding your purpose sometimes is a tough thing, but it could be something so simple. I had talked about that before, but you are responsible for your own happiness, right? When you wait for someone else or some external thing to make you happy, then you will always be waiting. Just think about that for a minute. (coughs) Like when people say, well, as soon as my husband starts doing this, then I could be happy. Or as soon as my husband stops doing this, then I'll be happy. You know, as soon as I get this job that I want, then I'll be happy. Like that's waiting for someone or something else to make you happy. But you have made the responsibility of your inner happiness someone else's job. And that's a job that no one can accomplish. Honestly, think about it. Like when one person in a couple says that their partner's job is to make them happy or keep them happy, that's a losing battle. Just imagine how exhausting it would be for that poor person to be responsible (laughs) to make the other person happy all the time. My gosh, like it makes me tired just saying it. We all need to be responsible for our own happiness. So you waiting for someone else to make you happy or some other thing to make you happy or, you know, just buying something that you think is going to make you happy. It's not your job to make another person happy and it's not their job to make you happy. And really, when I was building my new house, I could have been like, well, I'm, you know, as soon as I get this new house and I'm going to be happy. And I realized it so much when we were doing that because once we were in finally and sitting on our new couch in our living room, like I didn't feel any differently. I mean, I was already happy, but I wasn't like, oh, I feel so much better now. Like I feel like such a better person. I mean, yes, my surroundings were nicer, of course, but you know, it wasn't like 
it changed anything drastically with inside of me. Personally, I think of each person is capable of inner joy and happiness. So let's take a couple. Each person is capable of inner joy and happiness and they come together as a couple, then happiness will exist, right? You're happy, I'm happy, and now we're a couple and we're both happy together, right? Love and happiness should not be a job. It should be a joy. So I'm going to leave you with that. And I hope this was helpful and made sense to you. And if you want to learn more about this concept or sign up for my coaching package, you can reach me at kmessinalifecoach at gmail.com. Or you can reach me via my website or go to my Facebook page where all my information is listed. But I just want you to have a beautiful day and I will talk to you all next week. Same time, same station. Bye-bye.